I just love the music, and I love welcoming you to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. You guys know the show. This is where I usually sit down with the world's top creators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and I unpack their brains to help you live your dreams and career and hobby and life. And you also know that every once in a while, I change it up, as I'm going to do today. I got something a little bit different for you, but I think you're going to find equal or maybe even more valuable than the normal format. As you may or may not know, I have a YouTube show on my uh, slash Chase Jarvis YouTube channel called The Daily Creative, and that's a show where I sit down and answer questions about the challenges that you're facing. That's right. It's a call-in show uh, answering your questions on your journey of becoming an aspiring, maybe even a professional creator. It's, it's like love line for creators, basically. It's full of like very tactical stuff. It's me sharing my personal stories about the challenges that I've seen in response to questions and along you know your journey. I've generally, in, we're all in this together. There's so many things that we share. And for every time you think you have a question that no one else has, there's probably a million people who have that question. And I'm telling you why I want to do this show today. And, you know, I got off stage at a keynote that I gave not too long ago, and several people in line there and the sort of the meet and greet were like, I love the Daily Creative. It's so awesome. You know, how can I get that in audio format? And I was like, you know what? That is a great idea. So in today's episode, I wanted to share a couple of the most popular questions and my answers to them. So you asked for an audio version, and I want to tell you that here it is. If, by the way, you like what you hear and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, why don't you take a, take a visit over there, youtube.com slash Chase Jarvis. And by the way, if you want your question answered on that show, um, there is a phone number you can call. In. I'm going to give you that before we get started. That's 802-962-4357. Leave your question at the beep. And I'm going to start playing my responses or their questions and some of my responses on this show right now in three, two, and wait, wait, actually, before we do a quick word from this episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the company that you started? Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Live classes that are on air streaming for free, anything you already own, and on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, Chase. Thanks for everything you're doing. My name's Ricardo. Ricardo, and hello. My handle is a Mexican abroad. My question for you is, when do you know it's time to upgrade your gear? 
Your, Thanks a lot. Your gear. She's a photographer. When to upgrade your gear? So your gear, those are tools. In the same way that the person who's working on my house right now, I've got, I'm, I'm doing a remodel, a house in Seattle, and there's tools all over the place. There's hammers, and, and I realize the the difference between a hammer and a, you know, a 5D Mark III or whatever is there's there's a large difference in cost. But the mentality around gear needs to change on the internet. I also, I wanna support, because that's a, a way that, that photographers and filmmakers, they can touch the industry really quickly because they can buy the same camera that Chase Jarvis has or that other you know, fill-in online hero photographer has. And they can get a little bit closer and they can see, wow, this is, and it is better. But it's only better, like the difference between one hammer is slightly better than another if you're a contractor. And I just, I mean, I just came from the job site and there's not a lot of people going like, ooh, do you think I should upgrade my hammer? There's, and, and that's not to disparage you because I think it's a real question, but the, the, what I wanna break through on is that first and foremost, it is not about the gear. It has very, very little, very little to do with the gear and has almost everything to do with the photographer and the vision behind the work that you can create. Technical proficiency, being great at your craft is absolutely necessary. And there are some types of, he's a photographer, right? Yeah, there are some types of photography where great gear helps. If you're shooting the X Games for ESPN Magazine, you wanna have a camera that's eight, nine, 10 frames a second in order to capture the, the peak action, but it's not required. I had a two and a half frame per second camera when I started shooting big time sports events like the X Games and it, it just requires that you be that much better at your timing. So I wouldn't look at you not having the right gear as some sort of impediment. And that is a narrative that a lot of people use as the excuse not to do shit. Like, oh, I need to save up, so I'm gonna go do some other thing besides photography, like wash cars, wait tables, whatever, which is just a massive distraction. I'm gonna spend five months saving enough money to go away and, and, and or sorry, go back here and then buy a new camera. That is six months that you are delaying the success of your career. If you spent instead all those six months trying to figure out how to make a great picture with the, with the tools that you have, you would be a better photographer with, with um, lower level technology. It, 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 it would pull more out of you and you could make the money by selling pictures that you made as opposed to being distracted with the other thing. I just see this in so many industries. The, the, we are writing excuses for why we're not doing something. And it's, I understand why. It's safe. It's safe to say that you have to have all these other things. I need to do X, I need to do Y, and that's the distance between me and my goal. I would like to put an end to that. Maybe, I don't think I wanna take any more questions about gear on the show. Okay, I will, I probably will. But you get what I'm talking about. Like, this is, I can't underscore it enough. I think it's a very good question. I'm glad you asked, Ricardo. I don't want you to feel in any way um, bummed about my answer. Yes, I'm using you as an example, but you're a shining example because so many people have the same challenge and that's what this show's all about. So, skip the gear. I think you need new gear when you have to have that sort of the next level in order to get, like this is the, I know that I wanna shoot action sports in a camera that's not four frames a second, but then it's 10 would be great. And that's if you're already doing the work. Don't save up all your money and try and get that gear before you even sold a picture. Don't do it, it's a waste of time. And maybe you'll have a different interest when you get to that point anyway. So, it's not about the gear, it's about the craft. Um, I hope that answers your question, Ricardo. Hi Chase, this is Jason Teal. Jason uh, my challenge is that I've got 
a um, YouTube channel. I've got a Teachable account. I've got Facebook. I've got everything. I've taken out ads, but I'm still struggling to get traction with my creative endeavors. Teachable. So Teachable. I've invested a lot of time into creative uh, live and to all the other social networking gurus, but I really need some concrete proof and some concrete something to get traction so that I can uh, just, make my dreams happen. And by that meaning, uh, so I can uh, return back home to Canada. So anything that would help, um, you can check me out at learn.jasonteal, that's T-E-A-L-E dot com, and search for me on uh, Facebook and Google and all of that kind of great stuff. Thank you so much for your efforts. Love you. Take care. Jason Teal, thanks for the call, man. Um, I just I heard in there so like the, your end goal is to move to go to Canada. You can just go. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't. Maybe you can't. I don't know. Maybe you need to get money to get a new visa or something like that. But you sound Canadian, so uh, if that's your end all be all, then uh, I hope that you don't have to do all this stuff. Because I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm, I'm gonna call it like I see it. I'm gonna be. You got homework to do before you're gonna get to go to Canada. Um, I just pulled up your website as you're sitting here. I pulled up both Jason Teal. I figured out you have an E there and Jason Teal or learn.jasonteal.com. And I feel um, one of the reasons I love your question is because I, I think that there's millions, as in literally millions of people that are in the same boat that you're in. So this question is beautiful. Uh, what do you, did you say you have a YouTube channel? Is that right? YouTube. Yeah. Um, Jason Teal YouTube. I think this is going to reveal a lot here. Jason Teal, T E A L E, YouTube. Why can't I type? YouTube. Okay. Stick with me, people. Stick with me. Jason Till YouTube. There you are right there. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm learning more. It's taken me 30 seconds, but I'm on you now, Jason. So um, you, said, you said in my creative endeavors, and what I just, I went to your website. I can see your photographer. I went to your learn. I see you're trying to teach. I went to your YouTube. I think you're trying to teach through YouTube and you want to earn money, you're trying to get traction. I don't, I don't actually know what your creative endeavors are. When you say creative, and I don't, think, I don't think you do either. So when you say creative endeavors, does that mean your photography is absolutely world-class? Because that's one thing that would make some people care about taking classes from you on your learn page. So what is your creative endeavor? Is your creative endeavor the teaching part? And is the, is the photography that you're showing here on your jasonteal.com site, is that just a facade to get people to buy shit? Because when I hear, I don't, I don't, hear, I don't hear clarity. And this is, again, I'm not jumping on your back here. I'm, I'm using you as an example, and thank you very much for volunteering. But there are so many people for whom this is true. You don't actually know what you're trying to do. So what's the goal? Is your goal to become a world-class photographer? Is your goal to become a world-class teacher? Or is your goal just to make some money? And I, again, I think just trying to make some money, which it might, that might actually be at the base of what you're asking. Making money is not bad, but doing it in the way that you're trying to do it is bad because you're never going to get there. If you're just trying to use these vehicles because you see it out there in the world that other people can make money on there, I tell you why people give other people in your shoes who have maybe more experience money is because they have mastered something. They have, they're so good at something that people look at them and say, this person has something to teach. So I would give you the following homework prior to, you know, to going to Canada or whatever you can do with the money that you make. What do you care about? What are you good at? Your, your creative endeavors, you should be to master something. And I don't think you need to be fully mastered as in like, ah, 
in order to teach because there's something you know you're learning all the time. But if you want people to pay, if I'm going to your learn thing here, yeah, you're you're charging money. You're charging 50 bucks a class for a tutorial. Um, and then when I look at your photography, there's some nice pictures. Clicking in the galleries here, clicking around buildings uh, and buildings in Korea. You got travel. You don't, it doesn't feel focused to me. You've got a lot of different genres, so you're just, it's very generic, you're not focused, and if you're not focused, it's very hard to master something. And if you're not mastering something, who's gonna pay you to teach them? That's like fundamentally, what are you out there to do? If you're out there to make money, I think there's better ways to make money. I think waiting tables and parking cars will probably at this point provide a higher return on your investment, but it doesn't sound like that's what you want to do. So I, I hear this beautiful spark in there that you want to make a living teaching or being a part of the photography or creative communities, which is fantastic. You need to master something first because only after you've mastered it will people care. That's what you have to create, care. People care. I'm, I'm going to YouTube channel now and I'm looking, okay, uh, eight subscribers and which is, yeah, everyone's got to start somewhere. Um, view counts in the sort of the 40s, 50s. Um, I love that you're bold enough to answer this or to ask this question. You've got some playlists. I don't see any video older than a month. And this is also another thing, another reason I love your question. I'm just like peeling back the layers here and why you're very brave to share this, share, share your story with us. There are millions of people who, like you, don't have patience. And before I was ever in front of a camera, I had, I was making a full-time living as a photographer. I had sunk 10 years, maybe five, 10 years, probably at least five, maybe 10 before you'd even heard my name. And that, the amount of conviction and energy, what you need to do is you need to be an authority. There are all kinds of prescriptions on how to be an authority, write some articles, but part of it is just actually being great at a thing. I like, it. I like encouraging people to focus on being great at one thing instead of being mediocre at a bunch of others because once you have mastery of something, it's easier to become great at a bunch of other things. So what do you care about? What can you be a master at? How can you be an authority? Once you are an authority, then people may come to you to teach. Now the whole time you do need to be building your social following, but rather than, hi, nice to meet you, I've been photographing for just a couple of years and I want to, you to pay me to teach. How about making actual money from your photography? That might be, a, you know, you might build a short circuit if it's the money thing. Again, I, I do believe that making money is a great thing and we should take the stigma out of asking about that as a creative, but I think you can piece together an answer that you're kind of going about it in the wrong way. So master something, be good, master something that you care about, create a community around that mastery. Then if you, once you've created a community, I mean, there are all kinds of classes on Creative Live. You've said you watched them, but are you, is it like how to make an online business? Because you can do a lot of this stuff through webinars. But again, it, it all stems back. What are you great for? What are you great at? What are people going to learn from you? What is knowledge that you have that is better and different than other people? And then when you do decide, when you've mastered that and you're teaching, don't, you need to have authority and authenticity here. Don't just stop all this stuff and then start teaching because that's what the internet is full of, a bunch of sort of B-rate, low-quality teachers selling B-rate, low-quality education. And you, I know you have a desire to not do that. So um, I think there's, 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 path, there's a path here in this advice that you can pull out. Um, and the last one is that is the patience. You've been posting to YouTube. You said you have a YouTube channel. You've been posting to YouTube for a month. 
I think I posted for five years before I ever, um, before, yeah, I just created an authority around the things that I knew and was passionate about. And it's also not only demonstrating knowledge. Can you demonstrate asking questions and what can you do to be a part of a community? See my video, the other 50%, and then be patient. Do that work and, and then community will happen. You have to intentionally do it, but only after you've checked all those boxes and only after you've really been honest with yourself about what you want will you be able to be successful. And then the last piece of advice I'll go is, you said you were doing everything. You're, you've got a learn site, a photo site, a YouTube channel. That's also, that's really hard to do all those things well. You can't do everything all the time. What are you gonna focus on? I'm suggesting you focus on one of the three sort of buckets that I talked about first, rather than trying to do everything. And you're even talking about buying Facebook ads to drive traffic to a, a site where you're not an authority. Man, be patient, start from the beginning. Inherently, people are impatient, but I've said this before, I know people who landed amazing Nike campaigns are like, mm, boom, my career has arrived. And then what happens? As soon as that Nike campaign goes away, so does all the money in your bank account over time and you don't get another gig. This has happened for people I know who are insanely talented and been working at this game for years and years. So, patience, my good man, and focus. Focus on being great at one thing and then expand to the next thing. Try and do everything and be everything to everybody, you're gonna end up being nothing to nobody, which is maybe the thing you're stuck in right now. Good luck, great question, it's universal, so I appreciate you putting it out there. Hey Chase, what's Hi. up? First Hello. off, big thanks for doing a show like this. My name's Bryce Mullen, same Bryce. thing on Instagram, and I've been following your stuff for probably five years at this point, and I've loved it every step of the way. My challenge is, what are some good ways or strategies to approach a commercial client you wanna shoot for that you have no connections or contacts with. Could be as big as Nike or as small as a local business. I know there's probably not one definitive way. I'd just love to hear your thoughts on what's worked for you or what you'd recommend. Mm. Thanks again. See you later. All right. So as far as just cold calling someone, like in the classic sense of literally cold calling them, like, hi, I'm, I'm um, Bryce. Was that his name? I'm Bryce and I'm a photographer. I want to shoot for you. Don't. Don't just call people. What I would do, rather, is build a case over time. Like This is a, is a little more richness to this question than I originally thought I was going to get, so I'm going to go deeper than I told my, my crew here. Um, you need to understand how this company spends money. What, are they, what service do you provide, whether you're a designer, a photographer, whatever, where do they spend that money? Do they have agencies that are agencies of record? Do they have photographers that they work with? How can you deconstruct the materials that you see out in the world that they're already doing? And then how can you insert yourself in that discussion? Maybe they have a job fair where they're looking for you know new people in the area of expertise that you're in. So go there, be present. You have to participate. This is in some ways the other 50% that video that, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm gonna put that on the board too. The other 50%. Other fifty percent. This the other fifty percent is things that are beyond your craft, and that is marketing yourself. And that's the question you're asking about. People think that if you just do a bunch of good work, that the work's going to uh, pour into you. And the reality is, it's not true. You have to promote yourself. So, um, you know, specifically to your question, how do you get in front of clients that you that don't know you exist? You have to find a way to get there. Find out who buys what for them, where. 
Um, what times of year do they ship? Do they ship catalogs? Who are their photographers? Uh, who are their designers or whatever line of work? Does he say what line of work he's in? Just He did say commercial photography. Okay. So um, presumably they have art directors. They have creative directors. They review portfolios. How can you follow them on Instagram? Like everything that they do, share. Like when it makes sense, don't stalk and be weird. But how can you comment on their work and how can you put your work in front of them in a digital sphere that's not creepy? Um, when you see things, see images that they put out in social, do you have something that's as good or better? And can you tag them? I love the photo that you, you know, I love the Instagram shot you did. Here's another one that, you know, that I did that was similar. And if it's way better than the people that are driving social, you know, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And they may reach out to the ad agency or to the art director or whoever is internal. Um, a lot of these things also happen through agencies. So if there's a company you want to work for, um, they probably have an agency. Find out how their agency of record is. You can do this on the internet. Find out who the people on the account are and get your portfolio in front of them. Get your shit together. Make a body of work that is something that's as good as or better than the stuff that you see out there. And then bring that into that ad agency. Get an appointment there. Make them part of your mailing list. I also, I, I do love the one-to-one marketing. Instead of just creating generic marketing vehicles and then put them everywhere, I love, especially in today's world, doing unscalable shit. Now, my phone rings this way, but until you are getting all this inbound, you have to do this. And what I would do is I'd find out who are the like 600 people or maybe there's 80 people that you want to work with and I would customize. This sounds like a pain in the ass. And of course, there's some baseline thing that is not something that's changing. You don't build everything from scratch. But what is a thing that you can do to customize the experience for the person? This is when you figure out who is who are the people that are writing checks to you know to to uh, as in support of the brand that you want to get hired to be like or not to be like hired to work for. So, um, a you know go back to the top of the hour summary. If it's just don't call cold call someone, especially if you're a photographer, that's weird. Do you want to get a, a meeting? Yes, but create a great body of work and then go through the proper channels of reaching out to the people via email and say, I'd love to show my portfolio to you. Um, what's the best way? The tracking them down on social and putting work in front of them in an honest, authentic, simple, non-stocky, weirdo way and then trying to market to them. And Ultimately, are they speaking at a conference nearby? Can you attend them and walk up the stage and meet them? You do need to find a way to get FaceTime. Cold calling as in literally dialing them and say, hi, Sally, it's Chase. I don't, you don't know me from Adam, but I, I don't actually love that. So um, there you go. That's the answer. And that was Bryce, right? Bryce, good answer. Um, do we got time for one more? Maybe? No? We're pretty much, oh, we're at 1240. That was a long episode. Thank you very much for calling in. I'm Chase. This is the show where I answer your questions. If you want your question to appear on this show, dial 802-962-4357. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this. Also, uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. 
So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.